I always find it interesting when we have a clash of values. Like in ethics, we talked about, you know, peace versus truth. So you can have the same thing with different mitzvot. And it gives you, it gives you a sense of, you know, the ranking system, what halacha, some values more. So we're going to look at a Gemara that talks about a clash of values, which I think you will find interesting. Okay, let us go. If, if you want, you might have this because you're doing Hanukkah stuff. It is a Gemara on Shabbat, Chavkim Omibet. Okay, and the Gemara is discussing what is, if someone has limited funds. Because that's a good test case, right? You have limited funds and you want to pay for a certain mitzvah object. Which one will win? Okay, so here's how, uh, as it were, the tournament starts. Okay. So the Gemara says, Amarava Pshitali, it's obvious to me, Ner Beito Vener Hanukkah. If I've got a choice between Shabbos candles and Hanukkah candles, let's say it. Uh, well, let's try this, guys. How frequently does it happen that Shabbos and Hanukkah overlap? Yeah, every year, right? Because eight-day holidays and Hanukkah overlap with Shabbos. Okay, good. Okay, excellent. So now I'm a man with limited funds. So should I spend my money on? I only have money for one candle, let's say. Should I buy a Shabbos candle or a Hanukkah candle? So Gemara says, what wins? Ner Beito Adif Mishum Shalom Beito. Okay, so near Shabbos is a says we shall buy it. Apparently Judaism really values so really, as I said, this shows like this values clash. Okay, what's more important? Apparently Shalom buy it is more important than near Hanukkah. Okay. Wait, wait, I have a question. I didn't say anything yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Do you want to do Afain instead? No, 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 This is Shabbat. Sorry, Chavkim Omebet. Chavkim Omebet. Okay. Towards the top. One second, Mati. Let's just analyze for one second. First of all, why is Ner... Well, Ner Shabbos is kind of interesting. Ner Shabbos actually has three different aspects. There's what mitzvah, what value am I furthering when I do Ner Shabbat? So first of all, we talk about kavod and oneg, and kavod and oneg are totally independent of Shalom Bayit. So it could be that Ner Shabbat is actually a triple threat, okay, with the triple crowd. Oneg, kavod, and, and Shalom Bayit. But let's just go through how it's all three, okay? And in what way is Ner Shabbat oneg Shabbat? Well, where, where am I supposed to light? Where I'm going to eat, exactly. It's not, I just light a candle somewhere. I'm, notice that your mom sent the light right near the dinner table, right? So it is enhancing the meal, right? Especially imagine a world without electricity. There's a much more enjoyable meal when you have candles. So it adds odin. Okay, how does it enhance kavod? Or, let me, I'll say it a little differently. If you say, let's talk about chronology for a second. If the oneg takes place during the Friday night meal, I'm having this great meal while there's good candlelight. Okay, when when do you think the kavu takes place? So, we, I, I suggest we give give the mitzvah to the woman because we'll get to women in a second. Okay, but okay, no, but here we're I'm certainly in favor of giving kavu to women, but we are giving kavu to Shabbos here. Okay, okay, what? Ah, very good. At the lights. Don't you often honor something by getting ready for it, by trying to create the right atmosphere? So arguably, the kavod takes place actually on Friday afternoon right before Shabbat. By lighting before Shabbat, I'm honoring Shabbat. Oh, something important's coming? Let's set up, right, a, a, a nice atmosphere, okay? So it could be the oneg takes place Friday night when I eat. The kavod takes place when I light on Friday before Shabbat. And the... Ah, so let's get to the third part, guys. In what way the candles enhance Shalom Bayit? Now here there is a standard shot and a, a great Me'iri. Okay, one of these days I'm going to write an article about my three feminist Me'iris. So let's go to the standard shot. Okay, what is, why does a candle enhance Shalom Bayit? 
What do you guys say? Yeah, boss. Yeah, Art and P- I'll give you an example, guys. Oh, let's see where this happens. Maybe Silver Spring and Teenage people are like this. Who has frequent blackouts in their neighborhood? Okay, you know? Cleveland has frequent blackouts? Okay, Toronto has? Okay, so you ever notice that people, okay, people tend to get really cranky when there's a blackout? Okay, so uh, what if, uh, you know, that's a real, like there's no light, people get cranky. Crankiness is not conducive to Shalom Bayit. And if you have light, people are in a better mood. So then there is Shalom Bayit. So the simplest explanation is, Rashi says this, Nair enhances Shalom Bayit because people will get along better and be happier when there's a candle. The Me'iri actually says something fascinating. You look at the Me'iri in this Kamara. Okay, when I first told Rabdavid, he didn't believe it, but it's right there. Okay, the, the Me'iri says, since normally ritual mitzvot are done by the men, and this one's done by the woman, if she loses it, that's particularly painful. Right, and therefore it would be Shalom Bayit not to give up on the mitzvah that is handed over to women. Okay, so that is quite a fascinating Me'iri. So, but be that as it may, we know, what do we now have? Just to review. The Shabbos candles promote three different values, Kavot Shabbos, Onik Shabbos, and Shalom Bayit. And apparently, which value gives it enough oomph to beat out Ner Hanukkah? The Shalom Bayit value. Okay, Mati. Instead of looking at like a value clash, can you, I can't remember this exact phrase, but it's another thing like Tolle Shane, Tolle Oh, we'll get there in a minute. Hang in there. Very good, Mati. Yeah. It's funny because you said I can't remember the exact phrase and then the said the exact phrase. I can remember this Tolle Shane, different words. Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the first option for um, showing light, um, why is that exclusive to the Shabbos candles? It seems like I would just have candles anyway. So I mean, they're like adding some light, but it's not like without this, I wouldn't have any light. Look, maybe it's a world where they didn't use candles every night. Right? Some night, don't forget that I imagine before electricity, and I imagine, right, most of humanity had a different schedule. Right? You'd get up when the sun rose, and you'd go to sleep pretty soon after the sun went down. Electricity has totally changed the human clock. So right. Saying, like, if you have, let's say, you have a to have like, a Shabbos meal, you would, you would, you would put that out. No, but you have limited, this guy obviously has limited funds, right? What? This no. fellow has limited money. He's trying to figure out what to spend his money on. So I'm saying, if you have a Chiyah to have a meal, then that would be nice that you would put candles out. But what happens after I pay for my challah and piece of chicken? I have no money left. Right? Isn't that the case? He has limited funds. Oh, one last obvious thing, although maybe it's not so obvious to everybody. Wait, why doesn't he just light the Hanukkah candles and eat by Hanukkah light? Yeah, you're not allowed to use Hanukkah light. Right? Don't Hanukkah lights and Shabbos lights are the opposite of each other. Shabbos lights you're meant to use. That's the whole point. Hanukkah lights are us to use. So there's no combining. Okay, Gabriel. They enhance. Let's say they enhance Onik. How's that? They enhance Onik. Okay, David Cohen. Oh, you know, you could light them in one. You could light them in one room and eat in a different room. Okay. Who else? Somebody in the other room? Okay. Let's say he has two rooms. How's that? Okay. Yeah. By the way, that's not always true economically. By the way, people go through economic shifts. So you could have bought your house when things were better. And then struggle. And, uh, not unknown in our day and age either, actually. The question is, which one to prioritize? Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems like one's Minatorah, one's Minatorah. So oh, wait. Okay, that was a great move. We're going to get to your move in a second. So, Joe Nuziel made a great point. He just made it a minute too early. Okay, the, the two things that are conflicting right now, what are they, what's their halakhic level? Yeah, it is a Durban against 
Adirbanan. Now, granted, what's confusing Jonah, which is reasonable, is he's thinking, wait, but Shabbat is the writer. Yeah, the fact that Shabbat's the writer doesn't mean that everything I do on Shabbat is the writer. Shabbos candles is a rabbinic addition to the totality of Shabbat. So I do have a Adirb- Oh, yeah, wait, Jonah, you have a. You're looking something up? What are you looking up? This is getting exciting. Um, I was checking, uh, one of the things was. Um, uh, like we talked about in, for something as important as potentially for like a punishment. Um, and as I understand, I believe it's the Mishnah that says, Shabbat says, uh, oh, okay. Ah, that's a very good point. Nonetheless, it's the Rabbanon. Okay, but Jonah, there was a great moment in bad Jewish humor about Morocco this week. Okay, I went to a book launch about a book about the history of the Hebrew language. And it said something very interesting. The Spanish Jews were really attached to their culture. And therefore, even when they were expelled from Spain, they wanted to bring their Spanish culture to wherever they went. So here you have Jews expelled from Spain. Now it's the 1500s, and they moved to Morocco. Okay? Don't, don't be upset, John. Okay, the Spanish Jews moved to Morocco, and you might have said, okay, so now they'll go to Morocco, they'll adopt Moroccan. Not at all. Right? They insisted on Spanish minhagim, they insisted on still speaking Spanish. So the Spanish came in and kind of culturally conquered Moroccan Jewry. Okay, that is what happened. Okay, so that's uh, that was the talk. That was one thing that was mentioned in this talk. And somebody from the crowd called out. It was the right day. But Morocco got them back today. Because that was the day in the World Cup that Morocco beat Spain. Okay, so that was quite funny, actually. But I think a lot of people in the crowd didn't get the joke. But, uh, yeah, no Meltzer. Is there any way you could, like, light one candle and say Brothos on? Like, both the Brothos? Ah! So notice, I could combine them. But guys, why, based on what we said before, why the kind of, uh, they're at loggerheads with each other because... What would you just say? I'm supposed to use the Shabbos candle specifically, and I'm specifically not allowed to use the Hanukkah candle. So it's hard to see. Even if I could somehow give it to identities, the two identities conflict in a very profound way. Ezra. We'll get there in a minute. Okay? Don't worry. That's what Mati mentioned before. You know what, guys? I'm going to take comments in a minute. Let's go to the next clash. Okay, so now the tournament continues. Here we go. Next. Uh, now we have a question. Buy Rabba, Ner Hanukkah, the Kiddush Hayom. I could either buy money, buy wine for Kiddush or Ner Hanukkah. Oh, wait, I skipped one, sorry. Where we go? Ner Beito, the Kiddush Hayom, Ner Beito, Adam Mishim Shalom Beito. Sorry, we have an internal Shabbos clash. Forget Hanukkah. I have only enough money for Shabbos candles or Kiddush wine. Amazingly enough, what wins? Shabbos candles again. The Shalom Bay is the ultimate trump card. It seems to always win. So that Shalom Bay let Ner Shabbat beat Ner Hanukkah. It also lets Ner Shabbat beat. Kiddush wine. Now, we're going to move Joan Ozeal's comments to right here. And now we can say, wait, that doesn't make sense, because Ne'er Shabbat is the Rabbanan, and Kiddush. Shouldn't that be the primary criteria for winning? Can anyone tell me how you could kind of reduce the Kiddush from the right to the Rabbanan? Why it might not be an issue? Yeah. Uh, excellent, Caleb. What if someone says, well, of course, the first thing you buy is bread. Like, the guy's not going to starve. But once you have bread... As we know, you can make Kiddush on bread. Right, so the right to Kiddush, you're already taken care of. You mean Kiddush on bread. Why might be some extra nice rabbinic addition? So at that point, it's really not a right against the Rabbanon. Just because you're curious, I know Mark asked me about it this week. Some people think you could be Yotze Kiddush in Davenik. Right, so if you Yotze the Kiddush Doraita by Davening Mara Friday night, once again, that's why it's not a right against the Rabbanon. Okay, so somehow we have two clashes. And with the second field, Ner Shabbat has won both because of the Shalom Bay card. Okay. Michael, you've been right into it today. Not distracted by uh, 
Times of Israel, anything like that? Nah. Excellent. <laughs> Keep it, Nelson. Are you distracted? You're okay. I know. I'm, I'm paying attention, but I'm doodling as well. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I bet somewhere in this universe, your girlfriend is also doodling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. One second. One second. One second. Okay. So now there's one last clash. Now uh, this is my, my. I know you guys know I like sports analogies. This is my favorite sports analogy. Because you know in a lot of tournaments, everyone plays their first game and then they divide between the winner's bracket and the loser's bracket. Right, so uh, that's what we do right here in Halakha. Who should play right now? Uh, um, wine and Hanukkah. Excellent! Right, Ne'er Shabbat be Hanukkah candles. Ne'er Shabbat be Kiddush wine. So now they get regulated to the loser's bracket. And now Kiddush wine takes on Ne'er Hanukkah. Exactly right, that's what the Gemara does. Okay, but here, the Gemara does something very interesting. It gives each one a factor why it might win. So here we go. So what does it say? So it says, uh, do we say, Kiddush Adif, Mati, Ditadir, and Ezra? We seem to, in Halakha value, think it's very interesting concept. We value things that are frequent. Things that are frequent might be less dramatic, but in some ways they're more powerful. So when something's Tadir, it gets extra weight. So what's the claim? Clearly, we say Kiddush many more times a year. Let's say it wins, I know, 52 to 8. Right, so at that point, Kiddush should win because it's got the Tadir factor. Okay, what does Hanukkah have going for it? Oh, Dilma, Nisa. So then we say, no, maybe Shabbos candle is a beautiful thing, but we're not publicizing an ace. In Hanukkah, we are. Maybe that gives it value. So in a certain sense, even better now, because we know exactly which values are at clash. The Tadir value against the Parsumenisa value. And then the Gemara concludes, what actually wins? Near Hanukkah, Mishum Parsumenisa. Okay, so it seems to be that we could have a ranking system. Shalom Bay, it would be the optimum value. That's why Ne'er Shabbat always wins, at least when it's the Rabbanan against the Rabbanan. Then Persuminisa comes in second, and Tadir comes in third. Since Persuminisa is more valuable than Tadir, therefore, Hanukkah candles would be Kiddush one. Caleb. Um, Maybe they'll like kind of like add like both values of Shalom Bayit and Persuminisa to two Hanukkah candles. Can we say that like almost like these others that go in, like they get like a shamash, and then have like both of like like just Hanukkah candles? Who do you should go for? No, but you're not going to have a shamash in this case, right? If you have limited money. But don't you need two Shabbos candles anyway? For nope. Ah, very good. First of all, where'd you get that phrase? Where's that going from? I was talking about Judah about uh, oh my God. sherry whiskey and the halakha. That was very impressive there. <laughs> well, obscure halakha phraseology. Okay, so just one quick thing, guys, to realize to make sense of this question. Very often in life, we, we, I say that's why it's good to be learned, because you learn a lot from experience, there's no denying it, but sometimes experience can be misleading. So probably everyone in this room thinks, oh, the most, at least, even if I'm really lenient, at a minimum, you need to like shoot two Shabbos candles to be able to your Shabbat. Okay, what is the reality, guys? One. Just one. Okay, you need some kind of source of light. It's true, they're different minhagim. Some people like two for Zachar v'Shamar. Some people like to light per family member. But all that is very, very nice. I'm not against it, but it's not ultimately what's great. Ultimately, one candle will be the Shabbos candle. And notice, a lot of you have learned this, despite our beautiful minhagim of going from one to eight, What's true about Ner Hanukkah as well? The basic mitzvah is one candle. So even if the guy is really poor, he can only afford one candle, he could, in theory, either use that to be totally Yotze Ner Shabbat or to be totally Yotze Ner Hanukkah. Noah? I think it's a little strange that, like, we generally have this concept of, you know, Tadir, the, the ones that are going to be more frequent, and then we just throw in Persumi and Isa okay, excellent. and then they make... So let's discuss that right now. Okay, <laughs> you might be ineligible if you remember this from last year. Okay, or at least for a minute you're ineligible. 
Okay, can anyone tell me why this night might not be similar to the usual usage of Tadir? We do have this principle, Tadir Visha'enu Tadir. You have a frequent thing and an infrequent thing. Tadir Kodem. The Tadir has precedence. But maybe this case is a little different than the standard Tadir case. Rafi, have some bad news for you. Yes. Your great Hawaiian shirt clashes with your tefillin. Okay, it doesn't really go together. Okay. Yeah, Amiga. Michael. Tadir generally Okay, no, but for different reasons. It's not not because of the definition of Tadir, because this kind of clash might be different than the standard Tadir question. Mati. Maybe normally Tadir is a question of order. Oh, this guy is a future Tamil Chacham of Israel. Guys, there are two totally separate kind of questions in life. There is a sequence question and an either-or question. And I think we can all realize that we'll come with the different conclusions about those two questions. Okay, let's say someone says to me, oh, you have a choice between steak or a salad. Okay, so most of us would choose the steak. If it, but that's if it's an either-or question. But if someone says to me, what would you like to have first? I might say, I'll start with a salad and move on to the steak. Right, in a lot of aspects of life, sequence questions are different than either-or questions. Now, what is the standard usage of Tadir Vishenu Tadir Tadir Kodem? It's in sequence questions. I'll give you an example. Friday night Kiddush. Notice we have two brachot. Bar Priyagafan and Mekadesh Shabbat. Couldn't you argue, guys, it would be more logical to reverse the order? Say Mekadesh Shabbat first, and then the Bar Priyagafan will eat straight to the drinking of wine? Right, so there are more than one reason, but what is one rationale that tomorrow why we make Barbara Guffin first? Tadir. Tadir. But notice, there it's a sequence question. I'm definitely going to make both brachot. The only question is, which one should be first? So you say, oh, the more frequent one comes first. Okay, so that's in terms of sequence. But here, it's not sequence. It's not that I'm going to do both Ner Hanukkah and Kiddush wine. I'm going to do one or the other. So maybe the Gemara is suggesting Tadir doesn't have such force when I move from the sequence question to the either-or question. Maybe a tadir is a great force in sequence questions and not such a strong force in either-or questions. That's one way to take the Gemara's conclusion. And that might be why Parsuminisa ultimately beats the tadir factor. Okay. Oh, Isaac, here we go. The pressure's on. It's very tough because every time Isaac makes a comment, it's like a really strong comment. Isaac, you know what? You can just throw in a weak one every now and then. It's okay. Look, in theory, yes, it's just not what Gemara says. Like, it is interesting why the Gemara doesn't bring that up. The Gemara seems to think that what might give Shabbat a leg up is the Tadir. So I'm just working off the Gemara. You're right, the Gemara does not raise the only Shabbat possibly. Okay? Yeah. Hey, Tom. Could you also say that, like, the first two, and the first two things we talked about were it's uh, pursuing, or second is pursuing Nisa, and first is Shalabai. Those are more like mitzvah type things versus Tadir. It's not necessarily a mitzvah, it's more of a principle. Like, is it actually a mitzvah to do something um, because it's done more often? That's oh, that's interesting. Look, it is interesting. You make you make an interesting distinction. It is an interesting distinction. But again, since we're still discussing clashes, you might say whether Tadir is a mitzvah or not, Tadir might play a role in how we navigate clashes. No, it's, it's a clever distinction. You, you are making a good distinction. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, you know. Um, is it possible that I don't know if this would work with Hanukkah candles and whether that's not the Shabbos candle? Maybe the other. Um. Well, it, it gets into a little with Hanukkah candles. How you understand that? Shetachal regel minashuk. Are you doing that with your rabbi there? 
Oh, because I'm, 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 I'm gonna duck it for now. Yeah. Um, just to like address Isaac's question, what we see, we see by near Shabbos, we're also not talking about when we're talking about Shalom bodies. Mm-hmm. So that makes it maybe only when it comes to the more universal values. We're talking about value clashes, so like it's not fair to say, oh, covered one at Shabbos is gonna go over for Sumeinisa because covered one at Shabbos is like a very specific value. To Shabbos, it's less universal. Like when you're judging values against each other, you're going to judge the universal value. It's not fair to judge the shop. That's interesting. It's a very interesting idea. Okay, guys. We're now going to move on to a great Tosvah. But for some reason, I, I don't know why. You know, there's certain things that everybody loves. as kind of the classic, like, rabbinic trivia questions. Some of them are more exciting. Some are less exciting. But you probably all heard it at some point in childhood. People love to ask, what days do we take out three Sifrei Torah? Right? Was that, right? Is, is that not true? Everybody has asked that at some point in childhood. That, that is somehow the quintessential... Uh, Jewish trivia question. Okay, so there's actually more than one answer, but what is one answer related to Hanukkah? Okay, very good. So even though, let's say with the final guys, every year, as we said, Hanukkah overlaps with Shabbat, and every year Hanukkah overlaps with Rosh Chodesh, right? If you're going to start an eight-day holiday on the 25th of Kislev, you're going to overlap with Rosh Chodesh, but not every year will Rosh Chodesh and Shabbat overlap with each other. Everyone like that? So if you have Hanukkah and Shabbat, you've got two Sifrei Torah. If you have Hanukkah and Rosh Chodesh, you have two Sifrei Torah. But what if you have Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, and Shabbat? So now, which doesn't happen this year, right? No, it does not happen this year. Okay, so now, what do we have to do? We have to figure out, wait, I want to read three passages. What should the order be? Okay, right? Because I'm going to read the Parshat Shavuah. I'm going to read the Hanukkah passage. Obviously, there's no Hanukkah passage in the Torah, but a passage connected to the menorah, and a passage about Rosh Chodesh. But now I have a second question. My second question is, which Haftorah am I going to read? And now I have three choices again. The Haftorah for that Parsha, the Haftorah for Rosh Chodesh, or the Torah for Hanukkah. But notice something amazing. Jonah Delman, how can you be asleep now? This is a great cheer. I'm so excited. Okay. So what's the difference in the two questions, though? Uh, isn't that great? Now you have a sequence question and an either-or question. Life got exciting now, right? Because I'm going to read all three passages, right? So I have a sequence question, but I'm not, we don't like to make people crazy with Haftorahs. There's no hobby here. I'm going to read three Haftorahs. So when it comes to the Haftorah, all of a sudden, I've got an either-or question, right? So you like when you can combine both those questions. So this is the top Tosfot, guys. Anyone wants to see it again? Quincy, it's Tosfot on Chav Gimel So Tosfot says, Kishachal Rosh Chodesh Tevit Liot Shabbat. What Torah should I use? B'neiro de Zechariah. One from Zechariah Navi about candles. Obviously the Haftorah for Hanukkah. And don't do Hashemayim Kisi. Everyone know what that one is? She Haftorah Rosh Chodesh. Okay, everyone good so far? So now he is working off the end of the Gemara. Because what's he thinking? The end of the Gemara had Persuminisa versus Tadir. And Persuminisa won. So apparently Pesuminisa is pretty powerful. Therefore, if I'm going to read a special Torah, the Hanukkah one will overpower the Rosh Chodesh one. Okay, excellent. You are implying that Pesuminisa is also in the Iker Torah Hanukkah. Right, that is an interesting point. That, is very, that was a very sharp point you just made. Okay, excellent. Okay, I'm what he said. Obviously Hanukkah historically takes place after Tanakh is done. So even if we could find various menorah references... Someone might claim, no, but all those menorah references aren't actually about Kanaka. So maybe it's a very nice thing to do, but it's really not an act of Persuminisa. That was very clever, Quincy. 
Okay, Caleb. Um, yeah, I know it's similar to producing a bit. How can we say that it should be easier to find also by Pesach, it would also be able to come to over Pesach over Shabbos. Okay, so, so what, what, if, what, if, what if we do? So if we do, then doesn't that mean that here it's, it's almost like a flip like Kaddish and a Kaddish rather than about like the value, but more about... Wait, are you assuming that Pesach has Pesach or doesn't? Doesn't. For, for like does or does not? Does not. Perhaps. Okay, so he, so here's Caleb asking the bench again, which the other show would have given would have focused on this more. Okay, which is when do we say that a chag is presuminisa? Because in theory you could say every chag is presuminisa. Okay, but uh, let's leave it aside for now. Okay, okay I'm going to take comments for one more second. Let's do a little more Tosfut. Then Tosfut says, I've got a second argument. Kivin shahamavtir kori bishel Hanukkah, yeishlulahavtir me'inyan shekarav. Okay, so now it's the second, but the second makes a huge assumption. What should the Haftorah play off? The Haftorah should play off what we just read. We want to link the Haftorah to the last reading. So what's toast with the second argument? Our last creator is going to be Hanukkah. Therefore, the Haftorah should be Hanukkah. But of course, that obviously assumes that when it comes to the sequence, Hanukkah's last. Okay, so guys, just two things so far. Tosfut has argued that we're going to do the Haftorah for Hanukkah, that Haftorah from Zechariah. What are the two arguments so far? Persuminisa beats Tadir. That's what we saw in our Gemara. And, well, we want the Haftorah to link with the Torah reading, and therefore, if the Torah reading is Hanukkah, then the Haftorah should be Hanukkah. One more second. But now Tosfut understands this issue. Umashim makdim in the Kobeshel Rosh Chodesh. Okay, why should Rosh Chodesh win? I mean, why should Rosh Chodesh be before Hanukkah? So now everybody in this room should be able to tell me what Tosfut is going to say. Ah, this might be the best proof that sequence values play out differently than either or questions. Because again, in the Creator we're quite happy to do all three readings. So, makes sense. It's going to be Parsha, Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah. Why does Rosh Chodesh precede Hanukkah? Well, it's a little bit of a closer, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say 12 to 8 win, but no, I guess you should say 18 to 8, right? It's kind of two days of Rosh Chodesh. Right, Rosh Chodesh beats Hanukkah 18 days. It's a blowout, right? So we're in the Tanya question, Rosh Chodesh wins. So when we get to the sequence, we do Parsha, Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah. Ah, once Hanukkah is ensconced in that last slot, then we have the Haftorah, play of Hanukkah. And again, in the Haftorah, we're no longer in the world of sequence, we're a little bit either or. And then Tanya is not so important, and Hanukkah wins. So at this point, I think, things seem pretty great that... What 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 our what our plan should be? This is a great plan. Again, in the Kriyat Torah, Parsha Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah, in the Haftorah is Hanukkah. Okay, but now Quincy, I forgot this. Tosa makes your point right now. The ode. Oh, this is really fascinating, actually. The Bekriyat Haftorah ain kokach persume niza. Ah, but for a different reason. Okay, she'eno maskir banero kmo Haftorah. Ah, terrific. What's the claim now, Tosud, here? So he says Quincy's point is right, but not as strongly as Quincy said it. Okay, and remember what we actually do eat on Hanukkah? The Hanukkah Hanasim, right, in Sefer Bamidbar? Because we're playing a little bit less off the candle theme and more off the dedication of the temple theme, right? So we have, right, because what, what, guys, when someone has, uh, it's actually a good thing to know. Okay, I'll do a little, Jonah, I'm doing Sephardi Tangent, wake up, okay? Okay, hang in there. Okay, who here has ever been at a ceremony called the Chanukah Habayit? Okay, a bunch of you. What is a Chanukah Habayit? Yeah, but maybe Chan. How you translate Chanukah? Probably a dedication ceremony. You move to a house. So here, I'll make a good rule for life, guys. Okay, and I don't mind admitting it. At rituals, Sephardim are just much better than Ashkenazim. Okay, they have more fun rituals. They know what to do. 
we Ashkenazim, we're just terrible. Okay, so if you ever go to Chanukah Rabbi, you really see it. You go to Ashkenazim, Chanukah Rabbi, they have no idea what to do. Sephardim, they got this whole ritual. Okay, so at one point, this is really interesting, actually. I'm, I'm at a Chanukah Rabbi to my Sephardi neighbor. Okay, Eli, tell me if you did this at your Chanukah Rabbi that you were at. Was it yours? or You said you've been to one, right? Okay, let me know if they did this. They're starting to read Mishnayot. Which, which Mishnah are they reading from? They're reading from Mesechet Brachot, Mesechet Beitza, and Mesechet, for the sake of argument, I don't know what it was, Tumit. Okay, Beitza, Brachot, sorry, Brachot, Beitza, Tumit. And I cannot figure out at all what is the thematic connection between Brachot, Beitza, Tumit, and Pancake New House. It does not seem to have any connection whatsoever. Jake, if you know this, that's amazing. What do you think? Again, yeah. Okay, that was very clever, actually, but not, not true. You have to realize one thing, guys. It, it's very hard to get the answer because I already misled you. You know, you were going to say that Brockwood's the first Masech, and we're kind of like trying to, as it were, like encompass Shas through. Uh, well, since it's not true, I decided I wouldn't go through with it. Is that okay, Rafi? Ask him during lunch, okay? Jake, after in lunch, tell Rafi what you were thinking. Okay. Okay, so you have to realize one thing, guys. No, no, it's not fair. No, no one could get it. If you got this, it would be weird. Okay, what, what is Masechet Beitza? Right, I'd be nervous if you got the answer. Okay, what's Masechet Beitza actually about? It is not a Masechet about eggs. It's a Masechet about Yom Tov. So I don't know if you ever saw this, but there's some Rishonim who don't refer to it as Masechet Beitza, but refer to it as Masechet Yom Tov. Okay, it's actually much more logical. It's actually quite a mystery why we call it a Masechet Beitza. Like one mission is about eggs, right? The whole Masechet is about Yom Tov. Okay, I mean, I admit it happens to be the first mission, but nonetheless. Wait, wait, so now let's think for a second. If I call it Yom Tov, what did you just notice? Brachot, Yom Tov, Tamid. Oh, now somebody should get it. Brachot, Yom Tov, Tamid. Buy it. Buy it. Right, the Spartan are spelling out buy it through the avenue of Mishnah. Okay, that is the next time you guys had a look at a. You don't like that one, huh? Okay. All right, guys. Micah is not, Micah is not invited to your Sparty. What? They don't Maybe they do. I don't know. Wait, Eli, did they do that at your answer? They did. Are you, did you see it? There you go. They, right, they go around. Wait, Micah, if you go despite your opposition, I'm warning you. They're gonna go around the table. You're gonna have to recite a Mishnah. Right. Yes, Joe, so if you, you might have to tell them ahead of time that you're ideologically opposed Skippy when it comes to reciting the <laughs> What do you mean? Is there any options for Yud? I think Yud Wait, I, I just have one question to you. So, Ari Tadaki did ask a good question, but is there any reason why Yomar Yavamut is better than Yom Tov? I'm saying you didn't. Okay, fair. But realize, guys, at some point you got to choose something, right? Like you would, no one's got, no one raised their hand and said I object because instead of Bracho they should have chosen Bechorah, right? And no, no, no one has raised uh, no one has raised that objection. Or oh, Baba would be great, and Bamatzin Babatra for that matter. Okay, I understand. I, I, I understand. I, I understand. I understand. I understand. Okay, fine. Okay. I understand. Wait, let me just finish the point here. I don't remember how I got distracted. Ah, because Chanukah is really about dedication. So what are we reading in the Torah passage? Reading about a Chanukah at the time of the Mishkan. But it doesn't mention candles. But now, Tosus, Quincy, it's interesting how your point is like halfway true for Tosus. What does Tosus say? If I read a passage about the word Chanukah or something, guess what? That is not really Persuminisa because 
just that verb doesn't necessarily get me into Hanukkah mode. But if I read Zechariah and there are candles in a menorah, what's his claim? That does communicate Hanukkah. It's quite interesting. You guys can quibble with that. You could say either they both do or they both don't. What's the difference between using the word Hanukkah and having Neirot? But Tosun seems to think, you know, quickly, I'm glad because I've given this year before. I never really emphasized that point. Okay, because it is interesting. I just noticed that Tosun says the Kriya Torah is not so presuming or oriented. But now you could say, no, but Tosun seems to still be assuming the Torah is. So now I'm going to take questions, guys. Let me just sum up what we've done. Okay, but this I think is a really great toast because, again, it combined the sequence and the either or. Okay, what do we have here? We have, here's what we do, guys. Parsha, Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah. Why does Rosh Chodesh beat out Hanukkah? A, because this is a sequence question. But now Tosa has given us a second point. Not only is it a sequence question, but the Parsumi Nisa factor might be neutralized because... Because the Torah portion doesn't mention candles, right? Doesn't have menorah or nerot. So maybe even it doesn't really even have Persuanisa. So it's just surely Rosh Chodesh should win when it comes to the Torah factor. Ah, when we get to the Torah, now Tosus assumes Persuanisa is in full force. Therefore, and we're not in a sequence question, we're in an either or question. Therefore, Persuanisa should win. Secondly, Tosus says, Remember Tosa's other argument, a little more technical? We like the Haftar to link with what we read last, and we already decided that our last Torah reading is Hanukkah. So now everything we do makes sense on multiple grounds. Okay, Quincy. Okay, so number one, Wait, well, clearly we try to read something that's relevant to the theme of the day. Correct, but why is that got to do anything with Parsuma? Well, we know that Hanukkah is a value called Parsuma Nisa. Sure. Now, I admit, in theory, some could say we only accomplish that by lighting Hanukkah candles. But clearly, what's the to- that would be an interesting question, actually. Where, where else we find... Quincy is asking an interesting question, right? Obviously, Hanukkah has the value called Parsuma Nisa. But it, do I only manifest that by lighting Hanukkah candles, or anything I do over the course of Hanukkah to help spread the story? So Tosa is clearly assuming the latter. Well, right? so I'm curious if there's a clear source for that, but that's clearly the assumption here. Yeah, I mean, that's the second point. It seems to me that Parsimonisa is only about the fact that we put candles by a window. Okay, just so any reason why you're so adamant about that? Yeah, because the Lamar doesn't mention Parsimonisa by Alamichia. So why would I assume that? Because Alamichia, there's no nace that it's trying to... It's all about the Oh, I'm sorry. Um, wait, I'm not sure you're right. Does it not take person in the context of Alanisim? I'm not sure you're right about that, actually. But I will do some more research. That's an interesting question, Quincy. But, but that would improve the Zahari point in that when you're talking about Hanukkah and Mizbeah, okay, so there's no... If you associate Prasumanisa just with candles, you have to mention candles to have that... Okay, no, okay, Quincy, I like what you're saying, but I thought you were going to be even fur, fur, more restrictive. Yeah. It's not candles per se that is restricted, only the, the, the midst of lighting candles. That was my first point. And but, my second point is, okay, so if you're going to say we can do Prasumanisa in Haftarah, then it has to be... Uh, okay, good. I see. Between your first point and your second point, you got more flexible. You're getting more flexible in your old age, Quincy. Okay, yeah, Mark? As a boy, why it stopped from uh, Yantif and Tommy. Okay. When you're begging in your house, you want to have, like, a sarafan, I'm going to start 
and you rebuild the child because it's rough, like you're sanctifying like yourself and like the objects around you with food, right? Like brothels and by dominating. Um, but you're not you're sanctifying time, right? With sanctifying the things that gatherings are gonna happen in your house on holidays. And uh Tommy is sanctifying space, sanctifying the Wow, very clever Mark. That was great. Mark's gonna put that in his safer. Excellent. Oh, I just realized one thing. I have a very technical answer, but maybe jo- Jojo. Yeah, I don't know if you're gonna remember this because I can't remember it either. Who else besides Jojo and Eli? Who else has experienced this farting in the Kodabai? Don, do you remember the reading of Mishnah? Okay. Does anyone know? Did they did they read the entire Masechet? Uh, that's what I can't remember. Do you have any recollection? I can't remember. Put it this way, guys. Okay, so we're going to go with Jojo's recollection. Jojo remembers waiting a long time. So let's say to read the entire Masechet. I know it's not such an exciting answer, but it might just be that Beta is shorter than Yoma and shorter than your Yoma. And therefore, I, I, guys, I, I know Mark has a, This is why you, have, you feel this like clash in life sometimes. You have a beautiful answer. Your answer is actually probably the right answer. Okay, so Mark gave a very beautiful answer. I really suspect they just want to be shorter in a second. I'll give you one other example of this, guys, and then I'll take Saul's comments. Okay, um, this is, I know I shouldn't do this because we always look for maximum meaning in a right but we also look for honesty in a right So sometimes honesty is going to beat the maximum meaning. Okay, so I don't know if you ever discussed the order of Mesechtod and Shas. Let's say why Nashim is Yavamod, Ketuvot, Nidarim, Nazir, Sota. Do you ever discuss that? So if you look at the Rambam and his Hakdama to the parish on the Mishnah, he has all kinds of uh, like meaningful reasons why there are links and things like that. And in the, I think the 1700s, 1800s, a scholar realized that in every Seder, they simply go from the Masechta with the most chapters to the Masechta with the fewest chapters. Okay, so check it out. Okay, you'll see every, every single Seder is like that with a couple of rare exceptions. Right, I mean, the reason why Kedushin is last is not because anything grand about Kedushin. Kedushin is last because Kedushin only has four chapters. And every other Masechet in Nashim has more than four chapters. Okay, so check that out. So guys, again, we're not going to give up our quest for meaning. But we will honestly admit that sometimes it was more technical. Okay, so. Um, so just to clarify, like, this, I guess. You, it's, I'm it's not tier, sure, actually. Tier yeah. list of, like, different clarifications. Like, yeah. So it goes, like, Shalom Bias, and then Christian Nisa, and then Tadir. Yes. So, but again, but don't forget, the one caveat I would put in is you have to first clarify are we talking about a sequence question or an either or question. Okay. So, right question is going to be, like, why is Tadir suddenly more important than Pursuing Nisa when it comes to Torah reading? Why don't we Wait. prioritize So you're a great guy, but you must have fallen asleep for a certain portion of Shir. That's because that's a sequence question and not an either or question. You understand the difference? Yeah. Okay. Yonadav, how are you doing there? When did you come? When did you All right. <laughs> How could be I don't notice you? You're such a noticeable personality. Okay, that's true. By the way, I want to warn anybody else who wants to put in a hat for Mincha. If you, I don't take attendance at Mincha, but if you wear a hat, I'm going to notice every day if you're a Mincha or not. Okay, so just, I'm just warning you now. Anybody else wants to take on the hat? Do fezes okay. count? What? Do fezes count? What's your need? Do fezes count? Uh, I would. I'm not sure about that. Okay, yeah. Is, there possible, is, it, is it possible that there's other ways to kill Shalom bias other than getting Shabbos candles? Oh, that's an interesting question. Like, uh, I guess we think it's crucial. I guess we think it's pretty crucial. That's an interesting question. Okay, last comment. Is there a test case that we might have for sequence with their. Uh, ah, very good. So the only thing is, there might be other things that work there. So that was an excellent question. Very good. Tell all your platonic girlfriends that you asked a great question today. Okay, okay, okay.
Leo, it's not fair that you're the person in the room who enjoys it the most when you make fun of it. We got to do something about that. Okay, so last thing, guys. What if, now, as we said, every year, Shabbos and Hanukkah overlap. So now, Noah has a great point. Wait, now we have a, a sequence question of Ner Shabbos versus Ner Hanukkah. Ah, so this is great. Maybe Ner Shabbos should win now because of, well, for a different reason, not because of Shalom Bayat, but because of. Tadir, can you tell me another factor that might play a role, though? Why we might have to shift gears? Ah, the standard certain Ashkenazi minug is that when a woman lights Shabbos candles, she takes on Shabbat. And then maybe at that point, you couldn't do the malacha of lighting the Hanukkah candles afterward. So there might be a, te- might be a different reason there. There might be a different reason why, why Hanukkah candles will be first. All right, guys, we'll pick up another time. Have a great Shabbos.